Welcome along to Series 2, Episode 4 of Adventures in New Music, the podcast that spends a week with two brand spankingly new box fresh records and then chews the fat over them in an informal podcast setting. My name is Chris and my co-host is called Andy and we both invite you to take a trip in our new music spaceship as we journey from one music-filled planet to the next, taking in different species, open brackets, genres, close brackets, and report back to the Space HQ for as long as this overstretched metaphor will allow us. In this episode, we take on Telephone Dreams by Wolf Circus and for the first time by Black Country New Road. But before we do, bit of the usual housekeeping. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can via Instagram, search Adventures in New Music, via the website, www.adventuresinnewmusic.com, email us at adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com. And if you enjoy what we do and would like to support the show, please consider leaving us a review. Or if you're feeling super generous, you can now buy us a coffee using the Buy Us a Coffee platform link in show notes. On with the show. Right then, Christopher, have a sip of your tea. Very good, very good. How are you doing? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right, mate. Not bad, not bad at all. I tell you what, you, um, you're lucky to have me tonight. Or am because I? Because today <laughs> I have done one of the most nerve-wracking things known to man. <laughs> what have you done? I've changed my mobile phone. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. Touch and go. It was touch and go. At one point I had two, two phones on the go, like I was a roadman or something, and, you know... But we man. got there. <laughs> yeah. But we got there. Well done. Well done. I've got an earworm today that I really can't shake, and it's Feliz Navidad. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just a little too late. Uh, yeah, or early. Um, but it's... Uh, I have this thing with that song where after after running through the chorus, I end up with... Um, I just called Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. Can, can you... Oh, really? <laughs> You know, and I mean Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, and I mean it from the bottom of my heart. I totally know what you mean. I totally know what you mean. And I think it kind of makes the earworm worse, knowing that I've got it so wrong. Yeah. And it just, I can't shift it. I've I've tried. My wife's not a fan of that song, you know. Why not? She loves Christmas. She loves, I know, it's weird. She loves Christmas. Mm. That arguably one of the most jolly ones. I don't know if it's a fact that... I don't know if she feels very protective about Christmas and then that people just like jumping on the bandwagon and people who aren't as into Christmas as her going, well, this is my favourite song. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I should sort of nip that one in the bud because I'm not entirely 100% sure of her reasons and Mm -hmm. I don't want to uh, to, to soil her name. Um, Yeah. Uh, Anything to report? Uh, Not really. No. No? You? Um, yeah, I watched last night. I watched um, the documentary. You might have heard about it. It's been quite big in the news at the minute. I watched Framing Britney Spears. Oh, yes, sir. I've heard of Hashtag this. Free Britney. Yeah. Um, very interesting. It's mm. worth watching. It's worth watching. I won't sort of give much away, but I watched this. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago into that. I'm quite getting into my documentaries at the minute. Mm. I'm struggling to watch sort of films and, and stuff. I watched that. And then last week, the week before, I watched there's a Tiger Woods documentary, which I also watched. Um, both. In parts, very similar in the way that they address how the press just hounds celebrities. Yeah. It's just insane to to see it. it it's just, it's horrible to watch. It really, really it's is. It's an awful horrible. thing. Yeah, I don't oh, know. it's unbelievable. I don't know how it's allowed to continue, really. It's, it's an awful thing. 
Uh, but you sort of get to the point where, in particular with the Britney Spears one, there's that infamous incident um, when she takes an umbrella to a journalist four by four because he's like been, you know, sort of really hounding her in, in her face in quite a horrible personal moment. And uh, and you're almost like sort of cheering her on, going, you know, go for it, good on you. Um, it's just horrible. It's horrible to see. Oh, it is so that's on. Uh, is it on Sky? Is it on now? TV? Yeah, so I got that. I got that through Now TV. Right, so yeah. both of them, the um, the Tiger Woods one is on. Um, they're both on Sky. I think it's Sky uh, Sky Sports. This one is uh, it's, it's an American um, documentary, but it's it's on. It's available through Sky Documentaries. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well worth a watch. All right. Well, thank you for that. I do want to see that. Uh, I might have to sign up to one of those. I uh, I. I will fill you in on my watching news then. I um, uh, re-watched the Gilmore Girls reboot from about oh, five okay. years ago. And, you know, anyone who knows me will know that uh, Gilmore Girls is up there with, it's probably my favourite TV series of all time. And yeah. um, I, I love it uh, very much. And <laughs> and we, we finished watching the hard-hitting um, reboot uh, last night, which was uh, uh, a thrill ride to say the least. So highly recommended. It's been out for ages on Netflix. What about music? What's going on musically? Well, music-wise, just um, before we get to actual music podcast, sort of bringing us round in music as well, I I checked out... um, Do you remember last week? Of course you remember last week. We we featured uh, Bayo last week. Chris Chris Bayo from Vampire Weekend, his solo album. Well, Funnily enough, it turns out he's got a podcast, which I've I've started listening to. It was actually recorded last year before lockdown. It's called The Road Taken with CT and Bayo. And CT is is Chris Thompson and uh, Bayo is obviously Chris Bayo. Uh, It's the drummer and the bass player of Vampire Weekend. And what they do is they sort of they do the chatty bit like we're doing now, I guess. They do that while they're on tour. So that so I've listened to one episode um, and they have just played Amsterdam and they're on the way to go and play the next city and they're chatting about the gig and they're chatting about what was great, what wasn't, all that sort of thing. Just talking about life on the road, basically. And every week they have one guest in, which is like a pre-recorded interview. Now, the one that I listened to was Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes. Superb. Re- great podcast. I love the format of it. But so interesting. I mean, it's it's. I really like both bands involved. I really like Albert Hammond Jr. as a as a guy. I think he's quite cool. Just really interesting. He was talking about that whole period before you go on tour, the whole packing period, and it's like it's such a big deal because you've got to sort of start thinking, who am I going to be for the next six months? Ooh. If you're if you're sort of promoting a new album, it's like, well, what? t-shirts am I putting in what am I going to wear I've got a letterman appearance in two weeks into the tour what am I going to wear for that and you're specifically thinking about Jeez. you know stuff that you just sort of I guess you take for granted but you know it's um oh, yeah, it was really eye-opening it's really good I really enjoyed it it's re- great conversation that's really great interesting oh, you know like not having been on tour in a way like that before mm. just wouldn't think that's really cool no. Not at all. So that was great. Um, And another podcast that I've mentioned in previous series, I uh, subscribe to the KEXP, which is a great channel, KEXP Song of the Day. Uh, And I'll tell you what the Song of the Day was for yesterday. We've given them a shout out already on on this podcast, but I'd like to give another shout out because, you know, uh, local boys done well. Um, It's Lounge Society. Oh, brilliant. And uh, Burn the Heather. Yeah. Their new track, which is awesome. 
They've got a good video for that out as well, filmed up Have on they? the up on the moors near us. Yeah, not seen that. It feels like it's uh, it's moved from bubbling under to them to something a bit more, doesn't it? Yeah. You know? Well, there's another song called Kane's Heresy, which I believe is going to be on the Steve Lamax show tonight on Six Music. So uh, that's awesome. the night this goes out. So they are really, really doing well and uh, nice. Well, I only know one quarter of them, probably only in passing in the street, and he's much too cool for me now. But um, he's a very, very nice lad. So thrilled for them. Absolutely Super. thrilled. Well, that's pretty much it, to be honest. Oh. That's pretty much it. We've had our albums that I've been, I've been listening to for this week. How about you? I've had a couple of new albums on the go this week. I've loved the new one from God is an Astronaut. Do you know them? I know the name. They are, I guess you would call them a post-rock band. So in, in the kind of Mogwai um mm vain but they sort of are a little bit spacier a little bit more 65 days of static or a band that i really love lights out asia a bit more synthy a bit more i don't know sprawling i love it anyway they've got a new album out called ghost tapes number 10 or hashtag 10 and it's it, i don't know it's everything you'd, you'd want from them it's really really good stuff really powerful and um another album which is all instrumental as well uh, which I just sort of happened upon. Um, this is by a band called Repetition Hymns, and the album is called Black Swan, open brackets, Drones for Bleeding Hearts, close brackets. And it's a bit sound collage It's the kind of thing that when the guy from, the drummer from Arcade Fire released an album like this, you kicked off, so you might hate it. But uh, I really like it. It's sort of drones and noises and and weird sounds going off in all directions and um mm. it was quite quite a nice bedtime listen as well very relaxing nice. um, i know you like your bedtime listens just to clarify the thing <laughs> that the, the thing that um, ruffled me feathers about uh old jeremy gara is it from arcade fire mm. was um the fact that um he had the audacity to call it a single and it was one song that was released yeah yeah no that it's you... not listen an album of it fine no okay, issue okay. at all absolutely no issue yeah I, I share that feeling, actually, because an album of sound collage is normally a very, very interesting sort of journey. Yes. A single, yes. you kind of go, hang on. You ain't, you, exactly. <laughs> you haven't put exactly. enough work into this to be worthy of releasing it. Right? There's no, the concept isn't in evidence. It's uh, Anyway, so yeah, I, 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 I'll agree with you on that. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to tie you with the uh, disdainful brush there. It's no problem. All right. So, shall we get into this week's albums? Let's do it. So album number one tonight is Andy's Pick. What have we been listening to? This week we have been listening to Telephone Dreams by Wolf Circus. Let me tell you a little bit, and when I say a little bit, it is actually just a little bit, about Wolf Circus. So Wolf Circus hail from Santa Clarita, California. And though their sound explores a number of different influences and styles, I think it would be reasonable to call them psychedelic synth indie pop. Wolf Circus are Leslie Price, who comprises vocals, guitar, bass, keyboards, and is the band's songwriter and producer. 
with Dylan Ascendero on guitar and Finn Bennett on drums. Depending on who you ask, this is album number three, but finding information on this band and their musical output has been a challenge this week. Album number one, Periwinkle Easter, came out in 2018. Album number two, Handle the Jets, came out in 2019. And this album, Telephone Dreams, came out in 2021. It's classified as a dance album. I don't know if that's strictly true. Uh, I'm I'm basically padding this out now with some hesitation and revisiting what genre it is. Um, <laughs> a question for you, Chris, which is probably longer than the rest of everything I've said. Excellent. In your telephone dream, are you on the million pound question on who wants to be a millionaire and have used your phone a friend to call your old mate Andy to tell him you know the answer? Or have you been on hold to Accrington Leisure Centre for over an hour trying to book a squash court for a game tonight? Nice. I like it. Thanks. Um, I love that clip of the guy who's uh, who knows the answer for the million pound oh. question. and just Does he call his dad? Yeah, it's the coolest thing. Just to tell him he's about to win a million so dollars. So cool. I love that That is that great, guy. isn't it? That is great. Mm. And um, oh, I'd love to be on hold for an hour to try and book a squash court. We used to play squash a bit, didn't we? That was one of our projects, you know. It was like, right, we're going to get good at squash. And we played for, I don't know, 18 months, two years. I think we only ended because um, you whacked me uh, (laughs) with a a racket about six weeks before my wedding. And we were like, yeah, should probably knock this on the head for a couple of months, shouldn't we? Yeah, we did. Do you remember when we both broke a string in the same game? Yes. It was like in the space of a couple of minutes, wasn't it? Yeah, and never having broken a string, either of us, before. And it was really, really weird. Anyway, um, what did you what did you this, think of this? Also? Isn't telephone dreams. Let's get into telephone dreams. <laughs> yeah, what did you think of it? It's an interesting album, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's sort of it's fourteen songs, fifty minutes long. Um, the first track, I mean, the, the the album is interesting. The first track, it's like four songs in one. It is exactly that, and that's exactly what I wrote. Four songs in one. I don't, I can't qu- quite figure that one out. It's really no, strange. it's weird because it, it it kind of. I like the way the album starts off and throughout the album you've got this reoccurring theme. It's very, very, it, it's got a very, very playful sense of rhythm, it, especially the, like sort of the electric drum choices. Mm-hmm. There's like, there's tons of hand claps, rim shots, cowbells, whistles going on. It's like, it's very juvenile in, in the, the sort of sense that the drums have been recorded. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It just sounds like really sort of playful and it starts off as this sort of laid back electronic song. And then... You hit 2.30 and it goes into garage rock. Yeah. Almost like a second grade type vibe. Yeah, absolutely. You know? It's really like that, isn't it? And I think uh, I, I put shin style, but every yeah. time every time they take to the guitar, I hear that kind of shin yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. Mm. There's, there's a lot of actually, there's, stuff, there's a lot of stuff in this album which I hear and I go, what does that remind me of? It doesn't mm-hmm. quite, I can't quite put two and two together. But then you get the garage rock for almost like a couple of minutes. Then you get the third part of this. It goes to a sort of poppy electro. Mm-hmm. Could almost be like a jingle or a theme tune to like a soap opera. Yeah, and that's a recurring theme throughout the album. Yeah, that, yeah. that comes up a lot. Yeah, it's got these kind of eight oh eight drum sounds, and it, yes, it's like a computer game or, or a promo for like a, a double glazing company or something. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, the computer game thing, funnily enough, just jumping ahead a bit, but that does keep reoccurring, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like track six, I think it is over, under, sideways, down. Yeah. It reminds me of, you know, like, is it, do they call it 8-bit? It's like that 8-bit yeah, yeah. sound. Mm-hmm. Sounds like that, doesn't it? Completely. And, you know, to jump ahead a little bit further, the death of Robo Samurai. Shall I, shall I tell you what I've got for that bit? Yeah. 
a Japanese version of the Venga Boys. Oh, I wrote the Venga Bus because <laughs> the second half of that just it boots sounds off. sounds like the Venga Bus, doesn't it's it? It's completely the Venga Bus. And I was like, what does this remind you of to M? And she's like, it's, well, actually, she was like, more like, it sounds like Happy Hardcore. And I'm like, it's the Venga Bus. And she was like, oh my God, it is. Yeah, that really kind of comes out of nowhere. Because again, that, that, that's, that song's what? It's like two minutes 58. And yeah, one yeah. minute and 30, it turns like hardcore awful 90s Venga boys yeah. pop and it's like yeah. I don't really understand the thought process behind this but it's an interesting experience but we have jumped ahead the, you know there's a bit more to Tangerine before that absolutely well we go into this the fourth sort of uh, part which is it's like sort of spacey harp sort of vibe yeah, yeah. isn't it you know and then the lonely um, sort of late night piano groove yeah, yeah. I mean, that opening track is really cool. It's it's really ambitious. And Ooh. first couple of times I had this album on, just had it sort of on in the background. And then when track two, Anyway Out, which I'll get in there early doors and say that's my favourite on the album. Yes. But when track two kicks in, I 100% thought it was track five. <laughs> well, yeah, easily done. Very easily done. Because, I mean, it is quite weird that most of the tracks are between 48 seconds and, well, four minutes and 20 is probably the next... The, is the longest and then uh, no, track number one is 11 minutes and nine it's a very bold move to like open your album with what is essentially bohemian rhapsody yeah and it's what, yeah or, or, or their version of it it's uh it's quite it's quite bold but uh does it pay off chris does it pay we don't have to answer that well well let's answer it i mean <laughs> it, it's it's it is it's a good album it's a good album it's very 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 interesting it's you know every time i listen to it some i pick up on something else mm-hmm. That I hadn't necessarily picked up on in previous listens. Um, like I said, favourite track, Anyway Out, track two. Mm-hmm. I sort of love the ploddy synth bass in that. It's got a super catchy chorus. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it almost, you could almost see that sort of um, crossing over into a sort of more mainstream territory. It's ve- it's a very sort of poppy song. Um, there's quite a few, um, well, there's a couple of guests yeah. on this album like feature do you know anything about these featuring no no they were quite hard to look up as well we got so we got Christina yeah. Kisazda on phone glad number, you went for that track, track three um, and my favourite artist name so good isn't it is Cream with a K except Cream is spelt with a it's C it's with a C it's brilliant <laughs> that it's is brilliant. excellent that's a good song actually track 10 yes. the stars will shine I like that yes. one a lot yeah yeah, and so is phone number. So phone number's the one that you'd heard, right? Phone number's the one I heard. It's one I keep coming back to and just going, this is so much kind of fun. It's 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 sort of, I don't know, it's almost how I imagine J-pop to sound like yeah. a little bit. It's very yeah. kind of it's, it's, yeah, yeah, bubblegummy, yeah. but it's got this great, I, I don't know if you heard this, but it's a bit like the breakdown uh, of it is a little bit like Sajuk by Stevie Wonder. Oh, right. And no, I didn't get that. But it's not It's not that. It's not quite um, like that, but it's very, very similar. And it's really cool. But I think that's a fantastic song. It's, her voice, Christina Kisazda, very cool. Quite a clever use of the ringtones in that as well, isn't there? The way yeah. That, you know, it's good. It's good. Yeah, and not I love that. Not just in there for effect. That, you know, it's like almost like an instrument. It's good. It's clever. Yeah, and I think that must feed into the whole telephone dreams concept, which which sort of sort of feeds in and out of this album like a little thread. It's not always there. It's not always clear that this is all about phones. Well, there's a couple of lyrical bits that's sort of well talk not about least it. telephone dreams isn't yeah it? But, uh, um yeah it, but it's it does it, it does flip around I, I noticed that on on apple music my listening um platform of choice it has this down as a dance album mm-hmm. and i would say no nah, absolutely nah. not 
no. you know, there's 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 more to it than that. Um, track four, hung up, mm-hmm. it sort of changes pace again. It's almost got this solely even Michael Kuanuka like guitar intro that Ooh. sort of starts it off, you know, mm-hmm. before it actually kicks into the song, and that's that's quickly followed up by like almost like track five is almost like an instrumental interlude yeah. night rift yeah i like you know. that one that sort of reminded me of the music from stranger things oh, okay who are those guys kyle dixon and michael stein you bought me a record by them really i good. did i yeah. did yeah um that's needed that track five i think <laughs> sort of gives you a chance to sort of have a bit of a breather uh-huh and then roll your sleeves up and crack on with the rest of the album. Not yeah. that it's hard work, but you know what I mean. It, it... Well, it's sort of it's sort of jolted you around a bit by that point, you know. Yeah. I think two big hitters as well, Any Way Out and Phone Number, they're the sort of... Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really kind of poppy, and it's sort of... Following Tangerine, it's nice to get a couple of really straightforward songs, then hung up on a feeling, sort of makes you go, what? And then, and then yeah, yeah, it's needed. It's a nice sort of reset. But then you come yeah. in with over under sideways down, which you've already mentioned about the whole computer game thing. But God, you know, I got be honest, I found that a little bit annoying. <laughs> it's not my favourite. It's not. It's not. It's not my favourite. Um, it reminded me of. Did you ever hear that somebody's done a, a an eight bit version of Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness? <laughs> yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, we should put the link to that in the show notes because yeah, that is something special. That's something special. What's the oh god? What's the song with a massive drum roll in it? And it was oh, like, um, I want to say muzzle. It's not muzzle. Oh, I think it is. You know, it is muzzle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's just like it's so good, isn't it? It's so good. It's so good. Um, on this album, what do you think of track 13? The Land of Make Believe, which I can't help but go, do, 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 every time I think of the song. The Land of Make Believe. <laughs> well, I was listening to this, and, and uh, Suki, my daughter, was listening to it as well, and she was like, is this the Beach Boys? And I was like, oh, that's a good shout, actually. That is a good shout. But it's, it's almost a bit like Bugsy Malone as well. It's sort of ragtime piano. Well, well, it's that that whole sort of out of tune piano. It sounds it's like a sort of jaunty little goodbye to the album, like mm. you know, penultimate track. Um, but it does. I was listening to it before, and I'm like, it sounds like a load of people just gathering around a pub in the back room. You know, piano in the corner, that sort of thing. You know, I think I'm getting a bit romantic about this sort of thing because you know we haven't seen a pub in <laughs> in over a year. Oh God, do you know any pubs with pianos that you can sit around and play a few tunes at? No, but maybe we should start trying to trying to bring them back. Oh, you know what? I'd be up for that. That would be lovely, wouldn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, but interestingly, like the, the the whole '60s thing, I I thought that about the um, Telephone Dreams. It's got like, this oh, real yeah. sort of frantic beat, and then that goes into almost like a sort of '60s, um, almost like a twelve-bar type feel. Yeah, yeah. It's the one that begins with the old movie voiceover, isn't it? Yeah. That's stealing someone's telephone operator. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, <laughs> it literally sounds like you fired up your Mega Drive, you're about to go in, you've got that kind of intro screen, and then it kind of kicks into this, I don't know, it's like an electro version or an 8-bit version of, of, of Wipeout. It does have um, a couple of cool cool lines on it I'm spending some time on my home screen don't know where to go and I don't care it is basically a love song to a smartphone I think yeah about like just you can go anywhere with your smartphone stepping away from real life yeah it's quite cool I like that song I I can see why it's the sort of uh, what would you call it the 
the sort of conceptual linchpin of the album. Yeah, yeah. What's what, what's your thoughts overall then on the album? Um, I think there's some really strong parts to it. Like I, I think uh, another big hitter is Crazy Feeling, track 11, which is sort of like a, a I don't know, it's almost like a Pet Shop Boys anthem. <laughs> See, I... I um... I thought that sounded a bit like Daft Punk on a budget. <laughs> Same thing, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I guess so. Um, I, th- I do think there's some really strong points to the album. I, I, there were parts of it that left me kind of going, oh, I, I don't love this. There's a few really sort of throwaway little tracks, you know. It could have definitely done, I think, with a bit of snip snip. I mean, it's like it's <laughs> 14 minutes. I think you can knock in. You can knock a couple of tracks off that. You can knock ten minutes off that mm-hmm. and make it a, a, a stronger forty-minute album for me. Yeah. D- d- just because I did, I did enjoy listening to this album. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that there is enough in this album for me to keep going back to it on repeat listens after this week. And I think it's because of that. I think it's just a little bit all over the place, mm-hmm. um, in a good way. But I think <laughs> there's just not. <laughs> I'm not going to listen to it again. No, in a good but do you know way. what I mean? Though, there's so it's it's yeah, it's just a little bit sort of all over the place, and I don't know if I put it on from start to finish. I definitely dip into it. Mm-hmm. I definitely like you know, anyway out phone number, great songs, really good songs. Yeah, I have to agree completely. Anyway out is is actually my favourite as well. Um, is it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a great song, really great riff, really great melodies, and it's sort of. I don't know, it comes back around on itself so beautifully and, and I don't know, a perfectly written song. Phone number I still love because it's just boppy and fun and nice and cool. And I, I do think Crazy Feeling is, a, is an epic song as well. But, I, you know, I don't feel like I'm uh, I'll, yeah, putting it on from start to finish. I don't think I'll be doing that too much. It'll be something I might revisit with a kind of uh, nostalgic kind of, oh, do you mm. remember, do you remember yeah. earlier in the year? Uh, yeah. But... But but no, I think those three songs are fantastic. I think it's been fun to listen to, and it's yeah. expanded my mind. Just interested, just before we move on. Mm. So you said there's not much out about this band. Mm. You can't find a lot of information. How did you hear about them in the first place? Oh God, I don't know. I think it was one of those things that just came up when I was searching around on Rate Your Music, and this right. is one of the one of the more highly sort of rated albums of the year at the point I found it, and picked Phone Number as a song I would check out. And was like, wow, this is great. And to be fair, I don't know, if the whole album had sounded like Phone Number, I think that would have probably been a bit much. So I'm glad it didn't all sound mm. like Phone Number. It's nice that it stood out as the one song that sounded like that. But um, I think as a whole, uh, you know, it's not an album I'll treasure forever, but I've, I've definitely enjoyed listening to it. And it does have a few tracks that will, you know, stay with me. And anyway, out for the playlist for sure. That's your choice for the playlist, is it? Yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. Mm. Worth checking out, though, I'd say. It's worth listening worth to the album. Worth checking out. And, you know, Leslie Price, as, as the sort of brains behind the operation, is doing one hell of a job writing all the music and, and producing it as well. Absolutely fantastic. But, uh, yeah, Telephone Dreams by Wolf Circus. Check it out. Give it a good listen. There's some great songs on there. Excellent. Hey, listen up. So you've just heard us talking about Telephone Dreams by Wolf Circus and we decided that we would put their track Anyway Out onto our playlist. Now, these playlists are growing all the time 
They are getting two new tracks a week from us, from the albums we've been listening to. If you would like to check them out, please do so. You can find a link to the playlists, which are available on both Spotify and Apple Music, by going to our website, www.adventuresinnewmusic.com, and clicking the playlist link there, which will take you straight to the playlist of your choice. And that's it. So last week, one of the albums that we talked about was Magic Mirror by Pearl Charles. And um, Stu has been in touch to give us his thoughts. Do you want to hear the audio clip, Andy? Yes, I do. This is what Stu says. Pearl Charles is an artist, uh, I'll be honest, I've never heard of before. Uh, But, you know, it sounded like a pretty decent name. So let's have a listen. Um, I will say within 10 seconds of pressing play on her album, Magic Mirror, I thought I'd accidentally put on the ABBA Best Of by mistake, uh, such was the you know, huge production and piano motifs and things. However, underneath uh, the big 70s production was a really good tune. Um, she's obviously taken huge influence from her mum and dad's or possibly grandparents' uh, record collection, uh, but I really enjoyed it. As the tracks passed by, uh, I found myself writing down the artist uh, each one reminding me of. The second track, What I Need, reminded me of uh, Helen Reddy. Imposter instantly starts with an islands in the stream kind of groove and there's uh, definitely more than a hint of the Carpenters on more than one song here. I was also reminded of Johnny Mitchell, the Trogs, and musically there was a bit of Albert Hammond Sr. in there as well. I hope it doesn't sound like I'm putting the record down um, as it's because of these uh, influences uh, that I really enjoyed it. Pearl's obviously got a great voice uh, and if you take away all the production from the songs, they're still good songs which is how I usually judge them anyway. Um, my eight-year-old daughter and I have particularly enjoyed listening to this over the last few weeks. So, I mean, that's it's got to be good, hasn't it? I will say, though, if you're not a fan of 70s pop or country, I'll probably give this one a miss. But also, if you're not a fan of those things, then, um, you know, you're probably a really boring f- So, um, yeah, I mean, good record. That was Stu. Mm, hit upon a few of the uh, touchstones we picked out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's interesting. It's the whole thing that it's picking up all the different influences and all the things it sounds like. But again, it's not a negative. No. It's, it's sort of almost paying homage to mm. all the great stuff. So I think absolutely hitting the nail on the head, really, with our thoughts there. Yeah, interesting to hear Helen Reddy mentioned as well, who's, I've got to be honest, an artist I'm not that familiar with, but it's the second time in the last week that someone has mentioned her to me. Um, interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. (laughs) Great stuff. Good stuff. Thank you very much for getting in touch with the pod, Stu. And if you would like to send in um, a little audio review for us, that would be great. You can get in touch with us at adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com. You can get in touch via the Instagram, search Adventures in New Music. Or you can go to our website, adventuresinnewmusic.com, and hit the Contact Us button. All right, then, uh, let's get into album number two for this week. Chris, this is your choice. What have you got? Uh, so this week's choice from me is For the First Time by Black Country, New Road. Well, I guess it's too. Black country, new roads. <laughs> Play. <laughs> are they from? Are they from the Midlands? No. Okay. Shall I tell you? Shall I, right. Okay. Tell me about them. 
So formed in London in 2018, Black Country New Road are Isaac, Tyler, Lewis, Georgia, May, Charlie and Luke. And for the first time is the outfit's debut record. There's been a huge buzz about this band since they emerged on the live circuit and their first single, Athens, France, which was released in January 2019, really started ramping up the excitement for the band and for the anticipation of an album. Uh, And this was further when the band then released their second single, Sunglasses, in July 2019. Both songs feature on this six-track album, although it's worth noting that both of them have had a re-record for this record. Personally, I heard this band for the first time back in early 2019, and it was Athens, France that was on my radar. First listen to this song, I went from almost irritated disbelief at what I was hearing to coming full circle and loving the track over the course of its six and a half minute duration. The sound's quite a hard one to define. I've read interviews with the band when they talk about being heavily influenced by the band Slint, which kind of makes a lot of sense, Um, and I also hear elements of Black Midi in the mix too Um, and both of those groups Black Midi and Black Country New Road are very close even um, sometimes performing together under the name Black Midi New Road interestingly enough both Slint and Black Midi do get name checked on this album as well so on to the record six songs 41 minutes recorded last March when most of the group were just 20 years old and at that point they'd been a band for barely 18 months Track 4, Sunglasses, has the lyric, the absolute pinnacle of British engineering. But Andy, is this album up there with the pinnacle of British engineering? The Rolls-Royce, Stevenson's Rocket, Brudenell's Suspension Bridge, or is it more Robin Reliant, The Waterbed, or The Millennium Dome? <laughs> is The Waterbed a British uh, invention, is it? I was hoping you weren't going to pick up on that. Oh, Sorry. Um, so, uh, I picked out that lyric as well, because I enjoy that, and I particularly enjoy Sunglasses for uh, a lot of its lyrical content. Um, yeah, I, I picked up the Black Midi sound similar to, and yeah. also the reference on the record, and being the, uh, the Slint, what does he say, the foremost Slint, slint covers band? Or second, like. second best Slint support <laughs> uh, covers band, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Funnily enough, the, the whole Black Midi thing, mm. now Black Midi we listened to when we started our adventures, it was quite an early album mm-hmm. that we listened to, their debut record, before we did the podcast, and you didn't get on with it, did you? Uh, I liked it, I found some of his sort of theatrical vocals a little bit sort of silly, but I, I liked it, an awkward listen. It's difficult. It's a difficult listen. Mm. But then so is this. This yeah. is not an easy listen by any stretch, but it is, uh, I don't know, thrilling. Mm. Um, I mean, the the band are sort of, they're falling under this umbrella of, um, of post-punk. And I tell you what, with this po- current post-punk movement of the last couple of years, what a time to be a saxophonist. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I fancy our chances of Kenny G banging out a record this year. Do you know what I mean? Kenny G doing a post-punk record. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be mega, wouldn't it? Oh, it'd be awful, actually. Are we kidding? <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot going on here. So so what are they, a seven-piece? Yeah. Jeez, because I only, I only twigged that when I, um, I had a little look on Instagram to see a photo of them. And uh, it was like, how many? Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you can sort of hear it once you once you know that because they are very very full songs. Instrumental, I think, rattles in beautifully. Track one, instrumental. Yeah, I tell you what, though, I love that. I love the fact it's just mm. called simply called instrumental. They seem to be that kind of band. Have you looked at their Instagram? No. Every post is basically a picture or a video with uh, 
sort of the writing of what it is, like Radio 6 or In This Magazine. Right. Or, or whatever. It's like it's like very Ron Seal about things. The album's very... The front cover of the album's very interesting as well because it seems to have the... Um, the photo credit on the front of the album as well, yeah. doesn't it? Have you seen uh, that? Yeah, Unsplash by yeah. as as a whatever. Yeah, I thought that's a very interesting sort of take on. Kind of like it. I like it. I mean, immediately that that sort of speaks to a band that is in touch with its sort of social media stuff or something. It's yeah. calling out, you know, this person is sort of added, so we know that they're probably on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and. Yes. It's quite cool, that. It is quite cool. So, go on, let's let's crack on with this track one, instrumental. Mm. Opens up with this instrumental, sort of infectious five minutes, uh, sort of klezmer-infused, ostinato-driven. Yeah. It's, well, well, klezmer and ostinato, did you just say those things? Yes. What sorry. are they? What are they? Klezmer. So, mm. klezmer is like a sort of traditional Jewish wedding dance right, okay. type, mm-hmm. type thing. And I'm, I, I know I'm right in saying one of the members, I can't remember which one, one of the members also plays in a... Uh, sort of well, a klezmer okay. band mm. as well, um, which I think is where a lot of that influence is coming from. Um, and it, ostinato, just a repeated rhythmical pattern. So you've got these sort of, right. a lot of patterns coming in, mm-hmm. into the mix and like sort of coming in and out of phase, in and out of time over this sort of um, five minutes sort of <laughs> just hell of an opening track, I guess, isn't it? You it know? is really. It's got, I like the kind of off, off kilter because it comes in all guns blazing. Like The drumming is furious and brilliant and you kind of go, wow, this is really clever stuff. Mm. And then the keyboard riff, which uh, is, is kind of a little bit annoying. <laughs> and you're like, oh, all right, okay, let's, how long is that going to last? Oh, the whole song. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um, Quite interesting actually, what to do with it, though, isn't it? Yeah, is I love the way it sort of collapses in on itself a little bit, you know, halfway through the track. Is after a bit of a dropout and a sort of unsettling passage, mm. it sort of all kicks back in and it's just all over the shop. And I think yeah. that really sets up the, I don't know, the almost musical insanity of the rest of the album. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that first song, I, I thought, first listen, I was like, just thought it was a bit throwaway. But actually, it gets better every time mm-hmm. you listen to that song. And it's now, it's, it's, I mean, it's nothing of the sort. It's totally not a throwaway song. It's, it's, a, it's a belting album opener oh, um, really is, with yeah. a real sort of really build to a climax, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It feels like, I don't know, by the end with all those sort of sax squalls, it feels like you're being attacked by a gang of geese. And it's, it's sort of, I don't know, it's quite a, a cinematic track in a lot of ways, covers a lot of ground and it is quite mm. climactic. And you just end going, what? Yeah, (laughs) but you don't have time to sort of you don't have time to regroup or breathe, do you? Because you're straight into Athens, France, track two. I felt that one was quite Sonic Youth. I mean, the angular guitar riff that it kicks off with is very. I love the guitar tone, by the way, but it's very Mm. kind of ooh, you know, puts you on edge. You don't you don't listen to that going, oh, I know where this is going, or I feel comfortable with how this is playing out. You kind of just it's an uneasy listen. Yeah. so interestingly enough, this track, track two and track four, Sunglasses, got re-recorded for the album. Um, sunglasses, you can still get the original. It's not hugely sonically different or anything. This one, the first one that I heard, now I went through, because I'd heard this song, I went through my um, my iTunes and it's gone. No the, record, way, really. the, record, the recording has gone, so for whatever reason. Well, I've read, I have read an interview with the lead singer and... Um, 
that they are obviously a band that take great consideration over their songs, how they're put together and the lyrics. And he doesn't sort of say this is the absolute reason, but he, he hints at the re-recording for Athens, France, is he said it's partially to do with the way that the female characters were too one-dimensional in his original lyrics, so he wanted to re-record them. It's like, that's, that's kind of cool, because it's, you know, it, you, you put out a song back in 2018, and um, your album's coming out now, then... They were a, they were a, they're still a very young band, mm. both in age and in existence, but they were hardly together at that point. And you think, well, it's going to have changed. So it, yeah. it kind of it makes sense to re-record it, and I like the fact they've done that. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. And it's nice to, to, to hear a songwriter taking proper ownership of that type of stuff. Yeah. It's not like it's in the bag, it's done. Next. Yeah. That's cool. What, what sort of um, originally turned me off this when I first heard it, you know, initially for the sort of first mm. three minutes of the song, was the the sort of the lyrics and the vocal delivery. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Like odd poetry, really intense delivery. Delivery. Yes, but it's kind of. It, it, I, do you know what I love about it? I love the fact that he's sort of saying, it's almost like he's sort of saying, right, this is what I'm going to do. This is the pace that I'm going to do it at. If you don't like it, there's nothing for you, so either get on board or don't, essentially, <laughs> yeah. is, what's, is what's going on here. Yeah, and I think that's he, he never really strays from that blueprint uh, for the rest of the album, you know? No. I think Sunglasses, lyrically, is probably my favourite. It just, uh, it's good, isn't it? It's, it is it is really clever. I think, think it's, uh, I don't know, a rambling story, and I picked out the uh, I'm so ignorant now with all I've learned. I think it's, uh, it's a kind of groove uh, with with all the music around it but yeah, that's the one where he talks about the absolute pinnacle of British engineering which is probably my favourite line it's a know. good it's such it's such a good line yeah and wearing his white shirt and going into his mother complaining about stuff like an old man yeah it's just really cool I, yeah again and I think that really hits the nail on the head of what I what turned me off it initially is now the stuff that I really enjoy like the whole I found it ever so dramatic when I first listened to the, you know first listened to Athens France and also when I first listened to this album I mean sunglasses mother is juicing watermelons on the breakfast island and with frail hands she grips the nutribullet yes and it's like it, it's ever so dramatic it is the first time I heard this I'm just like what but then it's I love it it's great what it's is really sort good. Of funny it's you yeah. know it is it is melodrama but it's like it's very tongue-in-cheek it's not like oh, I don't know with frail hands, she grips the, you know, something else and has a heart attack. She's gripping the Nutribullet. Yeah, and then he's, yeah. And then he's moaning about stuff. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's quite funny in its way. I think they, they must be quite self-aware in that respect. I, I get the impression anyway, if they, Massive, can, if they well, can do that. Athens, France has got the lyric, um, they ask me, why don't you sing with an American... Uh, yeah, yeah. They ask me, why don't you sing with an English accent? Well, I guess it's too late to change it now. Yeah, I love that actually. That that was an incredibly self-aware bit yeah, of absolutely uh, bit of writing. Absolutely, and mm. there's there's all sorts of little bits in that, and some of it is just you know the stories. Yeah. Um, science fair. Ah, let's talk about science fair. So, massive storytelling. Yeah, massive storytelling. But this, I heard this track, and this was on my potentials list, and you've basically got in there a few weeks ahead. Um, so science fair, I just thought was a massive track. It's like 
What you you wait about 15 seconds before the beat even sort of fades in, and then you get this scrappy dissonant guitar. It's like they're fighting with each other. These sounds, and then these the tension strings come in, and this hypnotic bass line, and it's so intense. And lyrically, oh man, it's it's just mm, it's incredible. It really is, and it's with a lot of these songs. Again, like the first album we talked about, is they're, they're almost in parts. They, mm-hmm. I feel like these. I feel like these songs have movements to them, mm-hmm. like sunglasses. You've got like the first half of it, and then you get to sort of the five and a half minute mark, and it really steps it up. Actually, sunglasses. The last sort of four minutes of that song is my favourite passage on the album, and it just gets more and more aggressive, yeah, yeah. more and more intense as it goes on. There's a lyric in sunglasses which reminds me of uh, me and you, where he says, "I am the Fonz, I am the Jack of Hearts." Um, <laughs> <laughs> But um, science fair the same. It sort of it, it hits the hits the second act around the four minute mark, and yeah. it's got this real cool arpeggiated bass line. Oh, uh, yeah. It's so good. It's so good, and the story really sort of steps up then, and yeah. then it ends as a lot of the songs do with this instrumental. But in this particular track, science fair, it's really quite heavy, isn't it's it? It's really rocking. At the end of it, it's probably yeah. the most sort of almost almost conventionally rocking riff. Yeah. on the yeah. whole album, this song right. Do you know the song Frankie Teardrop by Suicide? No. Right, so Frankie Teardrop. It's about 10 minutes long or something. And it's this, uh, it's a really sort of gruelling, intense, it's synth, but it's really quite awkward and hard to listen to. Um, Track released by Suicide, I think in something like 1977. And it's a really, really difficult listen. And Science Fair totally reminds me of that um there's this thing actually called the frankie teardrop challenge which uh, a radio dj in america sort of initiated where he got listeners to go into i don't know to listen to frankie teardrop at night on headphones as loud as they can stand and and go into the woods or go to a graveyard or go to an abandoned house or just like just sit in the dark listen to this track um when was uh, this? What what year? It's, it's been going well. The track came out in like 1977, but I think this DJ started it. I think in about 2013. Um, I've oh I've done a little bit of googling on it because I've heard of the challenge and was like, when did when you know? So I think it's 2013. He started it, but um, yeah, basically it's a challenge to go listen to this horribly terrifying track, which follows the sort of decline of this young man and then his journey into hell after he kills himself. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, you up for the challenge? Yeah. You should do it. <laughs> should then. do a report back next week. Oh God, have I got to do it as well? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to challenge you, but yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. Yeah. We've got to listen to Frankie Teardrop by Suicide as loud as we can. I don't think I'll be going to a graveyard of the woods. I think what I'll do is I'll um, get my headphones Mm -hmm. and I'll go and sit on the trampoline in my back garden. Okay. Where I know know I'm safe. I'll zip it up. (laughs) My back garden's a bit sprawling. Your back garden is the woods, isn't it? Yeah, it is really. So I'm. I might, I might, I might lie in bed. <laughs> no, no, I won't. I'll do it properly. Okay, we'll do it properly. We'll do the Frankie Teardrop Challenge. And um, actually, that's a good one. Listeners, if you fancy doing the Frankie Teardrop Challenge as well, do it and report back. Oh, Tell us how it. it went. Please do it safely. Please oh, do, do it but safely. Be safe. We've not encouraging, <laughs> we're not encouraging poor behaviour or, or anything dangerous. And be careful and safe out there. And uh, But yeah, listen to Frankie Teardrop by Suicide really loud on headphones, preferably somewhere spooky at night. 
God, anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, bit of a bit of a tangent, but I'm I like it. Ex- though. Excited about that now. But science it. fair with its kind of intense delivery and very jarring soundtrack, and actually a baseline which. It sort of doesn't change all that much, but just picks mm. away at you all the way yeah. through. That really reminded me of Frankie Teardrop. Nice. Mm. I shall check that out. I'll Do. check that out. Um, I think what's quite interesting as well about this album is it's. I really am struggling what to sort of compare it to, what, yes. to, what to say what it is genre-wise. And I tell you what I, I find quite fascinating. This album has been released on Ninja Tune Records, which is a primarily uh, an electronic label. It's the home of Bonobo Cinema- Cinematic Orchestra and Mr. Scruff. Oh, and it's okay. kind of like, well, I don't know where this band sit. See, I was surprised to hear it classified as post-punk because for me, post-punk is, I don't it's know. It's got sax on there, hasn't it? That's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more kind of bass-driven, I feel. Uh, post-punk for me is how I think about it, is is a bit more bass-driven and maybe a little bit more compact and a little bit less sprawling. I think when I think of post-punk at the minute, from stuff that we've listened to over the past year, I think of proto Marta. Yeah, proto Marta, uh, Viagra Boys, even mm. a bit of Ist-Ist. Yes, uh, yeah. But but this this is a different beast. This this is this sits more alongside. I've said it already a little bit, but something like um, Sonic Youth for me. Yeah, it, it it's, it's the songs are long, like nine fifty one is sunglasses, but it's um, they've got movements within them, ha- loud bits, heavy bits, poetry. Uh, really, don't quiet, ever get to the point where bits. they don't ever get to the point where they feel long though. No, because they move quite quickly through mm. what they've got to say and what they've got to do. And even even science fair, even though the baseline kind of doesn't change that much for six minutes and twenty, it's it's that intense that you're like, okay, I've been kind of through the mill here. It's it's it doesn't feel like a six minute song because you're mm. sort of fighting it the whole way the whole way yeah. through. Yeah. Very clever, very interesting album. And it's yeah, it sort is. of I don't know, I feel like this is a band that's kind of got its weirdness sewn up and, and if they can perform to that level of of intensity, which is which is unusual to hear a record this intense. You yeah. know, it's normally like, oh, how how can we capture your live sound on record? But actually, what the hell is their live sound like? You know, this isn't like it's not like listening to a rock band. It's not like listening to like, I don't know, Glassjaw and going, Oh wow, they're gonna be mental live, but these guys are gonna be super intense live. Yeah. I mean, I won't be surprised if they hit it. I mean, with seven members, I won't be surprised if they hit this sound live. You know, it's yeah, going to yeah. be, it'd be, uh, it'd be something, something good. Um, the only sort of let up on this album, uh, it, it's not even that much of a let up in intensity, is, is track X, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the fifth track, which is just like a really nicely written sort of uh, orchestration. Lots of lots of sort of tasty interplay between the instruments. No drums on that song. No. Um, but it's that that's nice, like a nice little sort of you yeah. Know, it's the most melodic, almost, yeah. Most sedate track on it is that's the one that um, that's the one that references Black Midian. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I liked it, and, it, and it was nice to hear a bit of variety. I mean, it's the shortest one, four minutes and forty-four, mm. and then chucks you straight in for a bit more mournful sax on Opus. Well, Opus is is like almost like a Jekyll and Hyde beast. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it reminded me a, a little bit like the League of Gentlemen uh, theme tune. That's the second week in a row I've mentioned League of Gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, but uh, 
you know, like slowed down the way that the sax all kind of on. And um, yeah, it's, it's gloriously intense. Yeah, yeah, it sort of just moves backwards and forwards between these two parts, doesn't it? Where you've got this really quite creepy, sinister, the way the sort of saxophone follows the vocal line mm-hmm. in the first bit, and then it goes on to like quite a frantic bit, and it keeps going backwards and forwards, and then it returns to the sort of creepy theme for the conclusion of the album, which actually, I've done this when I've been listening to it, uh, like running or, uh, you know, been listening to it in the house, it flows really nicely back into track one. Oh really? If, does if it? You have it? If you have it on loop, it's just great. You just straight back in. Oh, that's clever. I love it when an album does that. Yeah, that's yeah. clever. It just works. Like you could listen to this album a couple of times in a row. Um, you know, which I have done. I've, you know, I've really, really enjoyed this. Really enjoyed this album. Yeah, it's, it is a great album. So playlist. What are you going to choose? So playlist. I think I'm going to go sunglasses. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's it's such a well written piece of music, um, and it's got it, it just showcases everything. That's uh-huh. on the album there, so yeah, I think um, sunglasses is going to be the one that that's my standout on the album. Um, but the, they're all great they in are. reality. But that's that's the that's the standout. What what would you go for your standout? Um, I'd probably go science fair just because I, I just find it so. I don't know. It's sort of it does something to me, man. Mm. It's like it's like it's it's messes with my head and I, I yeah. quite like that uh, but sunglasses is a great shout it's uh, I mean as you say could have been any 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 number of tracks but those those were my two highlights science fair and sunglasses and I just think as well like you know it, it's it's so impressive for such a young band to have mm. this sort of sound I think it's really you know and I like the fact as well that they've been on like you know ones to watch lists for ages and I have literally had them on my potentials from that one song for over 18 months. You know, I've been really excited about this album coming out. So as soon as I saw it was coming out, I was like, I knew I was picking it that week. Um, but I like that they've not rushed it, mm-hmm. that, they, that they've gone, you know, right, well, you know, here's a single and we're going to take our time over this album like they have done. And, you know, I think it's really, really paid off, really paid off. They've done a fine job. They have done a fine job. Excellent. So, um, I definitely will continue to listen to this album. Yeah, I will. It's not, you know, I'll be honest, it's not it's not like a fun listen at all times. No. And it's it's definitely not an easy listen, but it's uh, it's a pretty glorious listen. Yeah. 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 I'll keep listening to this. That was for the first time by Black Country New Road. Oy. Right then. That was it. That was the end of episode four of series two. Another interesting week. Very interesting week Another this week. Another interesting week. Now, I know we'd sort of, um, we were chatting in the week. Um, spoiler alert, um, listeners, uh, Andy and I are actually friends in real life. <laughs> so we were um, we were actually chatting saying that what a strong year it's been to the start of the, the year. Although we were saying that we've had now, we've had eight really great albums but we're still kind of waiting on that one album to absolutely blow us away i personally think that that black country new road record from this week is the closest it's come for me um and i think it i think that has the potential to be a great standout record of the year but we're still kind of waiting for that one record which is like whoa (laughs) and in particular you brought up the point of it's been a while since we've heard a rock record that's really done that. Yeah, you know, I would really love to hear. 
I don't know, a an, a, an at the drive-in relationship of command or a melancholy by the pumpkins or a, I don't know, an, a, a Nirvana record. You know, that kind of thing that just opened your mind in a way that you yeah. hadn't before. And I think while all of these new adventures are very, very exciting for expanding your listening horizons, I, I'm really hoping for a rock record because I just, the last... I don't know, five or six years, my favourite records have been a variety of, of of country, of pop, of, I mean, what do you call Grimes? What is that? Dance? Pop? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so lots of different genres. Um, but rock hasn't really been a big feature. So I'm really keen to hear uh, a, a groundbreaking or exciting rock record. So to that end actually anyone who has any recommendations please do get in touch adventures in new music at gmail.com or on the instagram adventures in new music that would be yeah would love to hear your sort of heavier yeah. recommendations i'd be really interested to hear that i thought uh, there's a couple of points at last last year where i thought we, we were almost going to hit it i remember being quite disappointed with the touche amore <laughs> record <laughs> because yeah. i remember absolutely being in love with the song that I heard and I was mm-hmm. just like if the album is like this this is going to knock Andy's head off and then it just wasn't well there's some strong points but no it didn't it didn't stay with me the Envy record of last year was probably the closest it came to me for like a, a rock record yeah. that was that level of mind blowing and that, that was that's a superb record as well um but yeah, I just love. I would just love to to hear that. Alternatively, I'm more than happy to hear anything else that's going to blow my socks off. So that that's fine. Um, I'll, I'll take I'll take whatever comes. Absolutely. So um, with that in mind, would you like to hear what I've picked for next week? Yeah, go on. Okie dokie. Well, it ain't a rock record. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I, can, I think I could give this away by the title of the uh, of the band. My album for next week is I Told You So by the Delvon Lamar organ trio. And I've heard track five, Faux Show. Excellent. <laughs> well, mine is potentially a rocking affair. It is an album called There There by a band called Four Giants. And I'm um, looking forward to getting into that. Which song did you hear off that then? Oh, sorry. Yeah, the one, the track I've heard is called The Lucky Ones. Excellent. Will we be the lucky ones? <laughs> oh, wait and see. Join us next week to find out. Cool in the gang. Right, so we will see you next week for episode five of Adventure New Music. Lovely stuff. Can't wait. And don't forget to get in touch with how you got on with the Frankie Teardrop Challenge. Adventures in New Music at gmail.com or on Instagram, Adventures in New Music. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be yeah. cool. Nice one, everybody. Take care, Andy. Yep, you too, Christopher. See you later. See you soon. Bye.